for entrepreneurs is you better build your team. Mm. You, know, you, know, you, know, you cannot name a successful person, a world changer, without identifying his or her team. You know. This is Devin Miller here with another uh, episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several businesses to seven and eight figure businesses, as well as um, the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And uh, today we have another um, great uh, podcast episode. Now, now I'm tongue-tied and I have to untie my tongue. We have another great guest on the episode today, and I think it'll make for a great story. Arn Terry and uh, Arn, and I always, I always worry I'm gonna. It's, it's not pronounced Arn, so it's Arn, right? Aaron Harper. Aaron, I have it as Arn, so now I even did it worse. So I completely slotted that. So my apologies, Sean. Or I have it as is it Sean or Aaron? It's Sean Harper. That's my. There favorite. we go. Sorry, I I had the name or name mixed up. So then we uh, we had all sorts of issues. So Sean Harper, I apologize. Um, Sean has a, an interesting story to tell in the sense that he uh, started out a lot of his career in the NFL or football league and then went to the NFL, went to NFL Europe. And then as you saw that that was starting to wind down during your career, um, you, you made that uh, transition, that switch over to now what you're doing today and use some of the, the, the things that you learned in, during the NFL and some of that in order to now make that transition. So that's as much of it. Now, now that I've slaughtered your name, that's as much of the intro I can give you. So you'll do a much better job and I'm sure you'll at least get your name right. So welcome on to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you for what you do, actually. Um, I've always learned or I was always taught that, you know, there's a few things in life you don't go cheap on, especially in business. And one of those things is a very good, competent and aggressive lawyer. So you are such a blessing. So thank you for helping out so many emerging businesses out there. Hey, my pleasure. It's, it's my, my love and my passion and what I enjoy. So, but I appreciate the kind words. So maybe with that, um, let's jump into a little bit of your experience. Of, and you know, as, you, as we already kind of talked about, we take where you're at today and let's take a couple steps back that led to where you're at today. So with that, maybe give us a little bit of what your journey was. You know what? I had a very interesting journey. Uh, of evolving or evolution. And it's so amazing because just about everything I've ever experienced has helped me. Uh, it has equipped me to exist on this level in the prosper in this paradigm. Uh, most people think, you know, playing in the NFL or playing even college, you know, you, you know, you've had a great upbringing, you know, you had, you know, things were set, you know, you were honorable mention or all state or, you know, all whatever, you know, and, uh, you know, and, 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 and football was a part of your life. And that's true. But the challenges outweighed so many other positives in my life that, that was documented with four to five learning disabilities kicked out of a couple of schools because of disciplinary issues. I had to repeat the first grade, single parent uh, setting. I wasn't poor, I was po. okay? Mm -hmm. Difference between being poor and po, you know? And, uh, and, and it, it just, so many different challenges. I stuttered my entire life, uh, voted most likely to fail. And athletically, I wasn't even honorable mention all conference in high school. Uh, I was the guy sitting in the back getting the participation trophy eating the cordon blue, that nasty cordon blue at the football banquet, you know, that was me, right? And, uh, and uh, I go off to a junior college in Mason City, Iowa, 
you know, it's amazing. You know, I'm in the cornfield, like 26,000, blonde hair, blue eyes. Everyone's last name is Schneider, right? I'm in the middle of the cornfield, right? And, and uh, sitting the bench the first year at junior college and uh, about to go into the second year on April or May. And I had a conversation with myself. And the conversation was, is that I will never be successful. You're right. I don't have the grades. I don't have the network. Um, it's just, it's just I have so much stacked against me. Uh, I will never be successful, but I will win in life. And there's a big difference between success and winning. I will win. And once I said those words, it connected. It was like, you know, one of those like sci-fi movies where they put a key in some old tomb and it lights up, right? It's like, I will win. And once that, I made that click, that, that paradigm, my whole body just, it just turned on. And I began to hear and see opportunities that most people didn't. I started doing crazy things to win. Like uh, it was May of that year and I was home for like two weeks. I get on the Greyhound bus, go back to junior college, talk to my coach. We struck a deal. I'm in the dorm room training twice a day on campus. Not one other athlete is on site. I mean, that, that, is, that is on site, on campus. I'm training by myself two to 3,000 skips a day because I told I was told I had horrible feet, right? And so I'm jumping rope, getting my feet together, getting my mind together, getting my gang together, studying, taking extra courses. Why? Because that is what winners do. Winners find the uncommon and they exploit it. A winner could take a crack of like a centimeter and they can bore right through that crack and turn it into an opening, into an opportunity. I'm going to win. So I had to figure out what everyone else was doing. And I had to do the opposite because very few people in life are winners. And I began to study winners. I began to look at winners. I began to study people like Muhammad Ali. And I began to, you know, you know, how is it that these guys could have like the Super Bowl shuffle in like 1983, 1984, when they haven't even won the Super Bowl yet. They ain't played not one game yet. And yet, they're speaking their destiny. I begin to speak my destiny because that's what winners do. And so once I made that switch, it helped me. It propelled me in sports. And I took the tact tactics and the strategies and I brought them over to the business world as well. Hmm. So jumping in just a little bit. So, I mean, you make that switch and you're saying, hey, kind of least likely to see, voted least likely to succeed, you know, had some, you know, had to move around with schools, everything else. And you, you jumped into it just a little bit, maybe dive in just a little bit. So how did you make that? What was that? Was it an overnight switch or was it kind of a, a slow realization that, hey, I can be a winner, but this is how I need to do it? Or kind of how did you make that mental shift? Was it a quick one over time or somewhere in between? It was a quick shift, but it was a slow process. Mm. Once I said the words, I can win, everything in my body and my being began to fight against me. Because a large part of me believed all the lies spoken over me. When you have people in authority, when you have people in your own family speaking death over you, sometimes a part of you believes the lie. But if a seed, if a seed size of you believes different, hmm. you can take that seed and with your words, you can grow it. You can grow it. So just a little bit said, you can win, Sean, because my mama said, baby, you're going to do something great in life. So I hung on, I dug through all the crap, man, and I found mama's words, little seed, right? And I began to speak to it. I began to speak to it. I be and sometimes that's all you have. 
That's all you have. All the stats say this. Everyone's saying this, and everyone is. And all you need is one person sometimes to believe in you. Just one person to speak it, and you can take that, and you can speak to that, and it'll grow, and it will manifest. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote down three letters. I wrote down the NFL, and I put it up on the dorm wall. And every day, I said, every day, I said NFL. That's where I'm going. Every night before I went to sleep, I took one last look. I said NFL. That's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And um, with my words, with my agreement, I begin to manifest it. And I begin to do things that were uncommon. Kind of like MacGyver. Remember that show called MacGyver, right? I think I, they now have a new show that they based off of the old show. So I've never actually watched the new one, but I certainly yeah, know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, I would like MacGyver life and put little stuff together. Here so, we as, so as you're doing that, so now you you made that mental switch, and then you say it's more of a process. So you made the mental switch, and they say now I've got to figure out how to execute on it or how to actually get to where I want to go. And so how did that work out? Because you you know you were junior college, and then how did that? How did you get from junior college to the NFL to actually realize your dream? Yeah. So here I am now, going into the second year, you know, and I'm having a phenomenal season, mm-hmm. only because I because I'm already ready. You know, while you guys are getting in shape for camp, I'm already in shape. And so I'm just, so, so I have like four weeks. I'm, I am progressing at a phenomenal pace. So when it comes to the football field, guess what? Everyone else was doing the same thing. They're all at home uh, hanging out, you know, May, June, July, trying to get in shape. I'm already in shape. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not, you're not going to catch me. It's impossible. You know who else does that? The New England Patriots. They're very good at that. If you ever noticed, the New England Patriots, Patriots win a lot of games in the second half. You know why? Because they're in the best shape ever. That's their secret. They're in shape. They're, they're in phenomenal shape. Okay? And so here I am now. I'm already in shape. I'm already ready. I didn't study the playbook all summer. So I went from sitting on the bench to first team all region, junior college hall of fame. One day the phone rings. It's Bill Mallory, Indiana University. He flies me in. I take no other visits. I look the man in the eye, shuck his hand. I sign a four-year scholarship. And I go to Indiana, and I start the process all over again. I'm sitting on the bench. But I know the secret now. I know I'm out working. And from there, draft day, I'm third pick in the fourth round. That's that's a a great story. So as you – because there are a lot of, I would assume, and I, I, you would know a lot better than I would, I would assume there are a lot of football players that simply work harder. They do go to the gym a lot or they do that. So is it simply just, I'm going to physically outwork you or is it studying your opponents? Is it studying the plays? Is it, how do you make it so it's not, you know, how did you do it so you not only outwork, you know, you outwork people, what all does that entail? So a lot of it has to do with your mind, hmm. your mind shift. Remember, I'm a winner. So I can't really understand defeat. I don't understand it. I can't even comprehend it. Now comes the physical. I didn't say I was a competitor. Mm. An athlete. I said I was. You know, there are a lot of athletes in the level that are great. And they compete. A winner knows the difference between. See, a winner knows the guy or the young is going to take the shot when there's two points left in the game. 
The competitor won't take the shot. The competitor is going to throw it to the winner. And the winner is going to take the shot. The competitor will do very well in football. And, and he will get you to the playoffs. But a winner is going to take you to the Super Bowl. You ever notice that there's great quarterbacks and they, can all, they always, they just can't get to that final level because mm. they're competitors. They're not winners. Mm. No, I think that's a, that's, a good, that's a good distinction and one that I hadn't thought about before. So now, as we continue on your journey, kind of or doing it, so now you get to junior college, now you go to a, a full-on university, and then, how did, and then you get to the NFL. So how did you, make, how did you get from university to the NFL? What I was fortunate and blessed to block for a you know, really good Heisman candidate. His name was Von Dunbar. He was a phenomenal athlete. I think he had close to 2,000 yards in one season, and that's good for the Big Ten. He was phenomenal. Well, guess what? After a while, they started looking like, okay, well, who's the guy who's blocking for this, you know, Heisman candidate? Who's the guy who's blocking for – you know, NFL quarterback Trent Green, because Trent Green was my quarterback at Indiana. Trent Green played, played, played 11 years in the NFL. Well, hold on, wait a second. Who, who's the guy? Who's the left tackle? That's Sean Harper. That's how I got noticed. They're looking at them, so now they're looking at me. And the rest is history. Uh, unfortunately, injuries kind of plagued my stint in the NFL. But you know what? I, I learned from some of the most amazing winners. I learned from people like Jackie Slater played 20 years in the NFL. I learned from people like Tom Newberry. I learned from people like Henry Ellert and Roman Fife. Then I went to Houston. It was Bruce Matthews. You know, it was just like, it was just, it was, it was awesome. It was an awesome experience. In Indianapolis, Marshall Falk, Ray uh, Wolford. And yeah. So you had that awesome experience, and I think they said, and then you transitioned. So you did NFL for four years, and I think NFL Europe for three years. Is that right? right. So yeah. as you're then making that trend, so now as you, you know, and I would say most people live in the dream early. You get to do what you really like. You get to play at the top of the, you know, and I would say, and I think we talked a little bit before, NFL is the, you know, the highest, uh, one of, if not the highest level of competitive sports, right? You have to be in top physical shape. You have to be at the top of your game all the time. It doesn't matter if you play every game or you warm the bench every game or anywhere in between. You're still the best of the best to even make it that far. Right. So at, now as you say that, and you, or as you see that and you're saying, okay, starting to see that I'm winding down my NFL career and I'm going to have to transition back into something else. How did you make that transition or how's that like for you? You know what? I try to make the transition. And to be honest, most athletes, they don't make the transition. If you, if you really study athletes, you know, you know, a lot of them, you know, go into coaching or other things because it's like they, they need to stay close to the field, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I've done is because I struggled. When I, when I went into business, I struggled. And then I realized, guess what? At the C-suite level and up, it's the same game. It's the same rules. They are, you are judged off of your performance. The higher you go up in any corporate environment, the more you're judged by your performance. You have to produce. Is your team producing? 
You know, the people around you are people who you're in charge of. Are they producing the CEO, him or her? Guess what? The people on your team, the people in the C-suite, the people from the C-suite to the upper management to the middle management, are they producing? And if they're not producing, you eventually you're going to go. And so I said, you know, it's the same thing. Win or lose. Here we go. You know, when you have numbers, when you run the quarterly estimates, when you do like stocks, it's, it's win or lose. You know, did you make your numbers? Did you not make your numbers? You know, it's the same thing. So guess what? I took the tactics, the methodology and the strategy I learned playing football and I moved on to corporate America and it's been working like a charm. I mean, it's not perfect, but it works. It really works. One of the things I've done and just to give you an example is that uh, in the NFL, we study our opponent. We know every, trust me, trust. We have a, 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 a staff of scouts and these people are in a cave somewhere. And they're breaking down film. College football, they have grad assistants, man. They are breaking down film three, four, five o'clock in the morning. They know the tendencies of every player on the field, the quarterback and the coach. They know exactly what he's going to run out of what formation and what pushes through the buttons. And they here's the report. In corporate America, we don't do that. Mm. We work hard, you know. And, uh, you know, we try to get some market share. I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm. You better know everything about your opponent. What contract he or she won, what contract he or she lost, what their pricing structure is, what their manuals look like, everything. Mm. No, I, I think that's a great point. And, and it's interesting because you point that out. And I would say that that's a lot of times it is a failure. of Now, businesses that do very well, they have that almost to your point. The ones that, you know, kind of do mediocre or just kind of moving along, you can do okay without doing that, but you're not going to be at the top of your game. You're not going to outcompete people if you don't know what they are. So I think that's a, a very valid point. I think it's a good lesson to learn. Yeah. So you, so as you trans, as you're looking say, okay, my NFL career is, is coming to end, or I'm going to have to think about what I'm doing after. I think you got into the security services and you kind of mentioned that that was kind of almost as where you're on the offensive lineman, that it was kind of a natural transition of protecting <laughs> people on the line and protecting your team to protecting other people, but maybe give a little bit of an insight as to how you said, okay, from NFL to security services. For those who watched the movie, the blind side, you know, it, that, that star was a left tackle and he has, he has embodied uh, the mindset and the temperament of a left tackle. Left tackles are different. They're just different. Um, they're very protective um, and, and, and their number one goal is to make sure nothing happens to their quarterback. They take it serious. If something happens to my running back or my quarterback, I take that to heart. That is a left tackle. And so I played left tackle. And once I you know, retired, the protective services was just a no-brainer for me. And so I'm the left tackle. My officers are the left tackle. And the client is the quarterback. And we carry that mindset. Don't let your quarterback get sacked. It's one of our models, and uh, and 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 that's how I'm able to, you know, to function as a corporate individual. That I adopt lingos and strategies and tactics I learned, as I mentioned earlier, from the NFL, and I bring them in in the corporate America. So actually, so diving into that just a bit deeper. So you make that you decide, okay, I'm going to go from the NFL security or security services. Certainly get the overlay you know, and why that would line up with the same kind of what you've already learned, personality, skills, characteristics, and all of those. 
Was it a smooth transition from the NFL to just, hey, I'm now going into security services? It was a success right out of the bat. Was it coming up to speed on new things and different things? Was it an up and a down, or how did that work out for you? So smooth transition in one sense, very tough. Uh, and a lot of athletes don't talk about this, but, you know, you really miss the game. There's so much about the game that you miss that you'll never experience again. To be in a locker room of, you know, maybe 35, I'm sorry, 45 to 50 guys, you know, you know, and we're all just like a, a personality, D on the disc, you know, we're like the best of the best to come to the club, you know, we're just like, ah, you know, just, you know, laughing and one-upping each other and you just, man, just the camaraderie of that or to run out into the middle of a football stadium, stadium's 80,000 people chanting and screaming that adrenaline you can't find anywhere else unless you become a rock star, right? And so, you know, that doesn't happen. And so those those things you miss, the competitiveness, going up against another guy, I'm the best, you know, you think you're the best, we're going to go to war for four quarters. You can't get that. There's nowhere else you're going to get that. And you miss that because we're bred for that. We were created for that. Since the second grade, we've been playing sports, you know, and one day it stops. So you have to rechannel that energy. You have to retool yourself to, uh, to fit into that other paradigm. So how did you do, so how did you retool or what, what was that process of retooling and saying, okay, as much as I want that, I, I'm, I've got to move on or I have to do something different. I've still got a life ahead of me. I still got a career ahead of me. How did you kind of be, go through that retooling? Love, love, love in, love in two senses. Uh, uh, first, that I want to be motivated by love. When I played football, I wasn't motivated by love. I was motivated by ego. So now I want to be motivated by love. I want to help. I want to give back. I want to pour in, you know, allow that to kind of switch over. But then you find other things to love. It's like, I love my family. I love, you know, you know, praying in um, church and I, I love God. I love life. And then you allow that love to eclipse your old love. And that's how you're able to get out of it. Hmm. No, I think that makes, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, you, because sometimes you get my opinion. You say the only way I can be happy is if I have X. So the only way I can, you know, have be successful is if I have Y and those type of things. And you get so focused on that that oftentimes you're not saying there are other things I love, other things that will bring me joy, other things I can be successful. And until you start to explore that, if you just keep that so narrow focus, you're never able, you're going to, once that thing that you were really good at or what you loved is gone, if you never expand out, then you're never going to be able to make that transition. So so make that transition. Now you're in the security services. I think you also do some speaking engagements. You've done some books. Um, so you've been you've been doing a whole bunch of good things. And one thing I thought was interesting that we talked a little bit before is, you know, and I thought was a, a good, as you talked about kind of transitioning out, what we talked about before the podcast, was you were always the guy that was going to take the opportunities to raise your hand, whether it's for PR, whether it's for doing any public appearances or anything else, you're saying, hey, I'm going to be the one that if they ever need that person, I'm going to raise your hand. So, you know, maybe expand a little about that or share a little about that, why you did that and how it worked out or why that was helpful. You know, it was, it, so the backstory that leads up to that in the NFL, um, 
you know, every offseason and during the season, they ask players to do appearances. You know, you call the team and, you know, and then they get contact with the PR department and then, you know, they go out and, you know, you know, we'll make a appearance or sign autographs or speak. And I just loved it. I just loved, you know, getting out there, motivating, helping people, encouraging people. Um, and whenever that opportunity hit on the board, I'm like, that's me. I'm going to do it. Oh, yeah. I'm out there. I'm on off day. Yeah. Done. It's mm. I'm there. And uh, I really, I really appreciated it. I loved it. I did not know that I was laying the foundation and the groundwork for my speaking career. And mm. when uh, I finished playing football, I'm expecting the engagements to kind of tank a little bit. He's an ex NFL football player, but you know what? Opposite happened. It just, they just kept rolling in, kept coming in, and I just kept running with it. And uh, I love it. I love it. Mm. No, I think that's, and that, even if you're, I think that mentality and that type of thing of always being the person to raise your hand, willing to take something on, willing to put yourself out in front of others, translates very well over to business in the sense that if you're the person that's always in the back, you're always kind of trying to avoid the opportunities and not ever think, taking advantage of them, it's going to be hard to ever or have that advantage or to get ahead. And yet vice versa, if you're always the one saying, I'm going to try and do something new, push, yeah. my, push myself and, and go in new directions, I think that's a, a great example. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, um, being able, no, not able, being willing to be uncommon, um, being willing to stand criticism and rejection. A lot of people succumb um, uh, to uh, the fear of rejection, the fear of abandonment, the fear of failure. And that fear of failure is taught in school, actually. Um, you know, if you, you, know, you get a, you you get them all right, good job, Charlie. You get them all wrong, bad, Charlie. But after a while, that socialization process is like, you know, you don't want to fail. But guess what? Life, failure is your friend, mm. especially as an entrepreneur. You know, do you know the average, uh, the average millionaire has filed for bankruptcy 3.5 times, according to Google? Mm. Damn, that's a lot. You know, after the first bankruptcy, no, never again. Life gives the test, then teaches the lesson. Mm. But if you never want to take the test and play it safe, your comfort zone will become your casket. You got to step out. No, like I do like that comfort zone becoming the casket. So, well, there's a whole lot more things that I think would be very fun to dive into. And we never have enough time on the podcast, unfortunately. But I always have the two questions that I ask towards the end of the podcast. So we'll probably jump to those now. So the first question I always ask is, so what was the worst business decision you ever made? Worst business decision that I that I've ever made mm -hmm. was not having a a not having an adequate non-disclosure non-compete clause in place, mm. and some individuals yeah uh, seized that opportunity, and I was probably one or two payrolls away from going out of business. Mm. Yeah. All right. yeah, that sounds like it's a good lesson. And I think that the lesson to learn is make sure, and I, you know, now that's a play for attorneys, but I don't do, that do very, their NDAs as often. So I, it does not necessarily plug for me, but is, you know, if I think that sometimes the lesson is, so backing up, entrepreneurs always think that they're the best at everything. They know everything and they can always figure something out. And yet for, at least for me, the, the lesson, a lot of times is, is, you know, stick with where your area, what you're good at, what your expertise is. 
expand out there. But if there's someone else that can do a considerably better job and they have the expertise, leverage their expertise, reach out to them and make sure that they know, um, you know, that you rely on them for those things to, to avoid some of the issues that, are, that may otherwise pop up. Yeah, it's, 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 it's advice for entrepreneurs is you better build your team. Hmm. You, know, you, know, you, know, you cannot name a successful person, a world changer without identifying his or her team. You know, sure, we like Bill Gates, but who's Paul Allen? Do some research. You know, you look at Warren Buffett, but who's his partner, Charlie? You know, you, well, I love Mick Jagger. Well, who's who's that quiet guy named Keith Richards sitting next to him and no one no one talks about? It. No, no, Keith Richards, right? You know, it, it's, it's crazy. You know, there's always teams like, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg, oh, great, Mark. Do you know how many people founded, founded Facebook? It wasn't just him. It's like, well, I don't know, eight, nine other people. You know, teams, you always have to have teams. And one of the most important people on your team is an entrepreneur. Uh, of course, you got to have an amazing, like, CPA. But that lawyer, you know, hey, if you ever want to save your money for a rainy day, hmm. is, you, you know, you know, yes, you you get the baddest him or her lawyer in the town and put that bad boy on retainer. OK, because just the name alone can save you deposition cost. OK, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. All right. You already stole my second question, which was a perfect answer, which is what would be the one piece of advice you'd give to startups. And I think that was a perfect answer. So I think that that's something you can learn too. And I like the idea of a team because I, I think that too often you get focused on the one individual that's typically in the limelight that gets all the notoriety, that's a celebrity, so to speak. And yet there's so much of a team that makes that happen, that works behind the background, that makes that person look good. And a lot almost like the quarterback. Quarterback always gets, you know, the everybody sees the quarterback. If he throws the game-winning touchdown, He's the one that gets it, and vice versa. If he misses, if he messes up the game when he touchdown, he gets all. The, you know, he gets uh, everybody gets mad at him. But there's a team that goes towards that win, and it's a lot of times where you focus on one individual. There's a team behind it. Not only that, how about this? When you watch a football game, I challenge anybody in your audience to honestly name the five starting offensive linemen on their favorite football team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we. Listen, listen, listen. We are there in plain sight. We're we are right there, and you don't even see us. But if we don't perform, nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's very fair, and I think and I think it's a good challenge. And I I know one person that might be able to do it, but aside from that, I don't think most people could. No. All right. Well, as we wrap up, um, people want to whether it's use your security services, or hire the speak engagement, look out for your book. Any other thing and all the everything in between, what's the best way to connect up with you and find out more about you? Okay, good news and good news. Yeah. Uh, you can go to any search engine, type in Sean Harper, S H A W N A J R P E R, or my website is seanharper.org. Okay, mm -hmm. but for your listeners, I have a free ebook. You can go to seanharper.co, seanharper.co, and you and I'll give you a free download on the winning edge. Um, that is an, it is a phenomenal book. It's free. It's yours. Now, selfishly, I need you to like my Instagram, right? So Sean Harper speaker, go to in there, just follow me on Instagram. You will not be disappointed. All right. Well, I'll follow you even if I didn't read your book, but I appreciate it. I'll definitely check out the book and encourage everybody to check that out as well. So I appreciate that offer. And that's a great way to connect up with you and, and find out more about your story. 
Well, Sean, thank you again for coming on. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun to hear your journey. I wish we had another hour or two to talk even more about it. Sometime we might have to do a follow-up and hear uh, how your journey continues on. But thank you again for coming on. Thank you. Be blessed. Take care. Okay. And for those of you that are, have your own journey to tell, make sure if you uh, would like to apply to be a, pod or a guest on the podcast, you can go to inventivejourneyguest.com, inventivejourneyguest.com. Make sure to subscribe to get notifications of all the new podcasts. And lastly, if we can help you at all um, with uh, patented trademarks, you're always here to help start us in small business. Thanks again, Sean, and we'll have a, have a good one. All right. Take care.